Good. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Well, hello to everyone listening. Welcome into the Bird Gang Blitz. I'm your host at Blake Murphy Seven, and every week, as always, by my co-host uh, John. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Johnny's Football. John, how you doing tonight? Hey, happy football weekend to everyone. Absolutely. Well, we've got Cardinals football to talk about. Unfortunately, it will not be with Carson Palmer, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, Drew Stanton will be getting the start up against uh, the, uh, hopefully, for the at least the duration of the game, starter C.J. Beathard of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, we also had the news this week that was dropped that Carson Palmer may not actually return for uh, the rest of the 2017 season. Uh, John, what's your first reaction at least to hearing about that, and how do you think that Drew Stanton will be able to perform up against this seemingly hapless Niners team? Well, Blake, I'll start with the Palmer news. The idea of bringing him back for the final two games was, Hello. you know, nice. Because I'm podcasting right now, and I knew uh, you were coming through the garage. I'll be out in about 15 minutes. So, thinking about a potential swan song for – you know, against Seattle, who he's had, you know, tremendous success against um, in Seattle and having him say goodbye to the University of Phoenix crowd uh, one final time would have been a terrific omen for Carson, but it just didn't make a lot of sense. Um, And then, uh, you know, realistically with that injury at his age, the the chances of him recovering is, you know, as quickly as you probably hope and thinking about, you know, long-term success and long-term health with, with his family in mind. It just, to me, it, it never added up. And so when the injury happened, um, it, my gut feeling was it was always career-ending, uh, certainly season-ending, but um, you, you couple in his age and, and everything else that, that comes into play with um, being a 38-year-old quarterback with a team that knowingly has a, a, quarter, or a, a head coach that, is likely in his last season as well, and uh, their careers are essentially tied together now. Um, the writing's on the wall for Carson, and uh, that's the unfortunate part. So uh, I was surprised when Bruce was so adamant that Carson had a chance to return. I think maybe that was done just to give the guys in the locker room uh, a sense that, hey, we're not going to quit on you. There's still a chance that your that your starting quarterback could come back. But if anything, you know, I would think that, you know, if you have success when Carson's out and you're riding a wave with a Stanton or a Gabbert, you know, God forbid it's Stanton, um, that you're going to want to ride that wave with with whoever is having success at the quarterback position. And you're not going to want to mess with that mojo. 
Um, so somebody's playing well. I, I wouldn't think that you're going to want to go back to, to an injured quarterback, even though Carson's led you to some success in the past. So uh, it's unfortunate, but when right when the injury happened, um, uh, I knew then and there that we'd probably seen Carson play his last snap, not only for the Cardinals, but as a professional quarterback in the NFL. Uh, with that being said, coming, going into this week, um, I think this is the start of a, a couple game stint for Drew Stanton. I don't think he's going to start for the rest of the year. I think at some point we're going to see Blaine. Uh, I just don't think that, that Drew is going to play consistent enough football for him to sustain the starting position. Uh, I just don't think he's accurate enough. That run he had back in 2014, uh, he completed about 55% of his passes for seven touchdowns and five interceptions. And we all remember it fondly because of the fact that, that we really just didn't have an alternative. Uh, but we were winning ball games because of how tremendous that Todd Bowles-led defense was. Uh, we had a running game that was uh, slightly above average. Kerlin Williams was running the football effectively. And, but the bottom line was the Cardinals played tremendous field position with a defense that was ferocious, and, and they were winning games because of Todd Bowles. And you saw that again this week. Todd Bowles is winning games with a New York Jets roster that's probably bottom three in the NFL with Josh McCown and Bilal Powell. Uh, Todd Bowles right now is, is the front runner for coach of the year. And he did that in, in 2014 when Bruce Arians got coach of the year and Todd Bowles was, his, was the assistant coach of the year. And so you go back and there's no mistake and there's no questioning why uh, it, that recipe works. So anybody who thinks that's going to happen this year um, is James Betcher, Todd Bowles. You know, I don't think so. James Betcher is routinely giving up 25, 30 points a game against lesser teams, and um, the Cardinals are now forced to start a quarterback like Drew Stanton, who's several years older. Uh, their roster has eroded since 2014, and so um, I don't like their chances moving forward. We'll get into a 49ers preview this week. I do think they have a chance to win this football game, but uh, I think that you'll see Blaine, or excuse me, you'll see Drew struggle in, in many facets of his game. He's He's just not overly accurate. He throws what I consider hospital balls. He puts his receivers in just terrible positions to catch the football, puts them in positions where, unfortunately, guys get hurt a lot. Larry consistently has to die for the football. Um, I, I think that we're going to see Adrian Peterson, you know, touch the ball 25, 30 times a game. Um, you know, Drew does one thing well. He can throw the deep ball. It's not a catchable deep ball, but his arm strength is still there. Uh, but to 33 years old, uh, I would imagine, along with Carson and potentially Blaine, this is his last year with the team. He's not un- under contract for next year. So really the changing of the guard is, is um, going to happen at quarterback position for this team. Um, so it will be interesting, interesting to see what he's got left in the tank, but I don't imagine it's very much. Yeah, for sure, definitely. I think it's interesting when you're talking about just with, um, with a guy like Drew Stanton who – Really, we did get a good look at him against Blaine Gabbard in the preseason, and he he went out there, played extremely well, had two touchdowns, looked solid. The next game came around, and you saw the inaccuracy, the inconsistency. The reason why he's a backup quarterback, why he wasn't able to um, find a starting job, at least in the NFL, why he came back to the Cardinals. And this is his moment. This is why they paid him the amount of money. But I think, as you can see over through the actions that and the statement that Bruce Arians and Steve Kimmer are making, it feels like they're they're on to 2018. We've seen an artist about how even though David Johnson might be able to return this season, they've seemingly have 
almost discussed about how they'll see where they're at at that spot, but really guaranteeing his return, there's been a, sort of a confidence loss, as you could say with that. The same goes for T.J. Logan, who's a guy who he might be getting ready to start coming to the team in a few weeks, and they're saying they might not see him this season. So it feels like you're entering the period of um, just having to see what this team is made out of uh, in terms of what their identity is going to be. We know right now so far it hasn't been the defense. And as you're saying, you know, the Cardinals have lost to left teams. At this point, now that you don't have a Carson Palmer quarterback, you really have to wonder if the Cardinals are going to be one of those left teams that earlier in the season when they were either a contender had a chance to win the game. Now it feels much more of they're going to be a team that's going to be struggling to stay afloat with Andrew Stanton, especially if – you're going to start seeing games where Shen's having to throw the ball 30, 40 times a game because the defense isn't able to stop people. And with that, let's get a little bit into Adrian Peterson. Uh, just with the news, David Johnson will probably not be coming back anytime soon. Peterson will become the focal point of the offense here, and uh, he was not against the Rams. Uh, Adrian Peterson should be getting the ball at least 25 to 30 times a game. Uh, just because that creates balance in your offense, but also because right now he, outside of occasionally some of the deep shots, Larry Fitzgerald, he is your offense. Uh, talk a little bit about what you think the Cardinals should do uh, with A.P. Peterson up against this, I believe it's bottom four ranked Niners uh, rush defense. Yeah, I um, I think they're going to take advantage of this Niner roster that's, that's decimated by injuries. You know, on paper, the Niner team that the Cardinals saw earlier this season in Arizona defensively gave them a pretty good beating up front. I mean, that game went into overtime, and the Cardinals probably should have lost that game. Uh, they beat up Carson Palmer pretty good. The Cardinals couldn't run the football. Now, that was before the Adrian Peterson trade, um, but they got pushed around up front. Uh, Solomon Thomas, DeForest Buckner, Armstead, those guys are real players. Um, now, several of those guys are inactive. Armstead, I believe, is on IR. They traded, or excuse me, they released Navarro Bowman. He is now an Oakland Raider. Um, Reuben Foster, I, I believe, is a game-time decision. They've had some tough luck injuries with, with their front seven. Um, now, with that being said, that's a group on the rise. 2019 It's going to be a force to be reckoned with. They get a speed edge rusher. That's going to be one of the best front front sevens in all football, just not this Sunday. So that helps the Cardinals. That helps Adrian Peterson. Uh, if you look at what Ezekiel Elliott did to them uh, two weeks ago, uh, he put up – he probably put, could have put up about 250 yards had they kept the foot um, on the gas pedal in the fourth quarter. He put up probably the easiest 160, 170-yard performance I've seen in a long time. And that didn't include, you know, a lengthy, you know, I, I, I think it was like a 70-yard screen from Dak Prescott. I mean, he, he ate that team alive a couple of weeks ago, and that was with Solomon Thomas healthy. So the Niners right now, their, their defense, their roster right now is just completely decimated uh, via injuries. And really, they're thinking long-term, and they want to see what they have in some of their younger guys. And, Blake, we'll touch on that. But as far as the Sunday goes, I'm looking for a lot of eye formation. The Cardinals are going to run behind DJ Humphreys. This is this game's going to look, I think, a lot like the Tampa game when they're going to try to assert their dominance up front, um, and they're going to be upset about how the Rams game went. And um, they're not going to – hopefully they're going to be in a position where they're going to be able to play with a lead because the last thing you want to do is you play from behind with Drew Stanton. 
That's not a position you want to be in. That's not a position where you can win many games. I go back to the Detroit game, one of Stanton's first games as a starter um, in 2014. He jumped out to an early 14-0 lead and rode that to a victory uh, through a couple bombs to Michael Floyd, beat Detroit at home, and away they went. Uh, I, I looked at something similar this week. If you're able to get a couple early scores and ride the momentum of a defense uh, against an offense that features C.J. Beathard and Carlos Hyde and not much else, uh, the Niners recently put Pierre Gossam on an injured reserve. Um, it's a very limited team, so it's probably the ideal opponent uh, for – uh, Stanton to open up with. Um, I think that Adrian Peterson should be able to lead this team to a pretty, I don't want to say easy victory, but uh, there's no reason Adrian Peterson shouldn't have 100 yards rushing against this team. I think if Adrian Peterson's going to have one more great game with this Arizona Cardinal roster, it's going to be this Sunday. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, in addition to Pierre Garçon and Solomon Thomas, they're also missing their uh, star left tackle, Joe Staley. To be out there moving their right tackle, uh, Trent Brown, who I believe has actually been, uh, from what I remember, at least one of the lowest-ranked PFF offensive linemen. There's just a highlight clip of him where he like, barely even tags one of the egg ru- edge rushers as they rush around the side. Uh, it's very, very possible Chandler Jones has a field day against this Niners team. They also have traded away perhaps their best defensive back in Richard Robinson and have another bad IR. So really right now is the question is, can the Niners even fill the competent team right now? Is got to be a huge question, at least for Cardinals fans entering this matchup. And if the Cardinals do struggle, uh, God said that this, they should drop this lose loss. And you look at how this team has performed on the road, there's going to be major question marks the rest of the season. Uh, I think that's going to be the case. I think that uh, Bruce Arians is going to be smart enough, at least, to recognize that he has an advantage and that the team just has to play mistake free football. They should be able to walk out of here with a win. And a lot of people uh, just looking at Adrian Peterson. One thing I at least do want to touch on just a bit about though is uh the jimmy garoppolo factor just because since the last time we had met where we had kind of talked a little about previewing the niners uh san francisco and john lynch went out and made a uh, very very high profile when acquiring the patriot backup for just the price of a second round pick now they don't have him currently signed to a long-term deal you'd assume it's going to be coming otherwise why for him but i want to hear some of your thoughts about why the Niners traded for Garoppolo, if it's anything about this up quarterback class, and also what was the Cardinals' mentality and why they wouldn't give up a second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, why that may have been on the board, but they chose not to do it. I'm curious to hear some of your thoughts. Well, I, I can give you a, a little bit of perspective um, based on the fact I live in the south of Chicago um, in Illinois. Uh, I'm from the area. Uh, I'm in my late 20s, uh, around Jimmy's age. I went to Illinois State. Jimmy went to Eastern Illinois. Uh, I watched him play college football. He was a phenomenal college player. Uh, I don't know what kind of pro he's going to be. I do know he walked in the University of Phoenix Stadium last year in place of Tom Brady and beat the Cardinals um, in the opener um, and really – kind of amazed me with his poise, his accuracy, his mobility. And I watched him um, year in and year out do the same thing in the Missouri Valley Conference uh, for four years and break every single one of Tony Romo's records. Um, So I'm not going to get ahead of myself and say he's going to be a Super Bowl quarterback, but I know he's got probably one of the best young offensive minds in all football. They've got a ton of cap space. 
and they got him for next to nothing, in my opinion. Um, I think it's a great trade for San Francisco, and I think that now they're in a position where moving forward, they're going to be able to surround him with, again, an offensive coaching staff that's going to be able to put him in the best position to be successful. And the Cardinals, to me, go back and probably were a little bit scared off based on the fact that they tried this once before with the Kevin Cobb trade. Right. And, and so, and they went and Belichick, if it's not Bill Belichick with Jimmy Garoppolo being the most well-respected coach in the NFL, second to that is Andy Reid with Kevin Cobb. So, uh, you know, I'm not super convinced that, you know, why didn't it work out with Kevin because Andy and maybe it's not going to work out with Jimmy because Bill, you know, circumstances are different. I just, I just think Jimmy's in a better situation. I think he's got a better head coach. I think that the coaching staff is superior. I think that they're going to be able to surround him with better talent. I just, I just think it's a smarter organization right now than what the Cardinals had set up for Kevin. Um, and I think that Jimmy's a better prospect. Um, and I think that the price tag, obviously, that, that they gave up being only a second-round pick, Cardinals gave up a second-round pick plus a, a Pro Bowl cornerback. Um, the contract extension uh, that's coming is also something of note. The Niners are going to have um, – I think they've surpassed the Browns as having the most available cap space. The Browns spent a little bit of money last offseason with uh, – I think they went out and spent money on uh, free agent – uh, offensive linemen. They spent money on a linebacker, so uh, the Niners didn't sign anybody. So they uh, they had a feeling that the, the spring of 2018 would be their uh, big spending spree would be coming, and so I would imagine that they're going to give Garoppolo uh, a pretty nice extension, and they're going to have money to spend on top of that. I would not be surprised if they use their top you know, two, three, four pick overall on a Saquon Barkley come back in the second round, maybe take a guard or a tackle or a wide receiver. They're going to go offensive heavy in the draft next year, um, and Kyle Shanahan is going to get him some help offensively because they've loaded up on defense the last couple of years, and they're going to turn that unit around for Jimmy Garoppolo. I wouldn't play him at all this year. I don't think there's a benefit to that, but I think he's going to have great success with that unit. Um, It's just not going to be this year, so – you just look at how these teams are ascending in the West and where it leaves the Cardinals. And we talked about this last week, Blake, with McVay and Goff, obviously Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll and their pedigree in Seattle. Now Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. Uh, I know he hasn't done much in this league, but every everybody in this league right now believes that with Kyle Shanahan, there is minimal bus value. And I I read an article this week that basically said that Bill Belichick wanted to get him out of the AFC, that Robert Kraft basically had a conversation with Tom Brady, and they said that Tom wanted assurance that they didn't want to deal with Jimmy's salary cap after the season, that they didn't want that distraction, and so they didn't want to deal with Jimmy being a free agent, but they didn't want to be burned by 
by Jimmy going to the Dolphins, who are going to need a quarterback, by the Bills, who are going to need a quarterback, by the Jets. So they moved him as far away as you can move a quarterback. Um, because if you remember back in April during the draft, I mean, it was being rumored that, you know, they wouldn't accept multiple firsts or a first from Cleveland, the 12th overall pick. And so to, to settle for, you know, what's going to be the equivalent of the 34th, 35th overall pick in next year's draft, I think a lot of teams are, are scratching their heads right now. So to go back to your original point, should the Cardinals have done it? Yes and no. Uh, the Cardinals right now could have made the the uh, necessary cap adjustments come 2018 to get his extension under the books. But would it made would it have made sense based on the fact that he's going to be in his mid to late 20s? Would they have been able to surround him with the necessary pieces to be successful, like San Francisco? I don't believe so, and here's why. If you trade for him now, who's going to be his head coach in 2018? It's not going to be Bruce Arians. Mm-hmm, right. I don't. I don't think so. So you're gonna you're gonna inherit the next head coach is gonna inherit Jimmy Garoppolo. So you're going to go into head coaching interviews basically forcing Jimmy Garoppolo on your next head coach. That's not ideal. That's not a conversation I want to have. And so I was listening to Doug and Wolf with Steve Kime this week, and they, they asked the, one of the last questions they asked Steve was, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the Garoppolo trade? And, you know, Steve, I thought Steve would be complimentary of the trade. I thought Steve would bring up the fact that, Garoppolo came into you know his building and beat him on Sunday Night Football to open up the 2016 season. You know Steve was very much, you know I thought it was a solid move. They're 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 trying something out, so on and so forth. Didn't 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 praise the move. Kind of sounded a, a little bit, you know, disgruntled. And I'm sure because he's hearing it from the out from the outside world that you guys are well behind everybody else when it comes to the arms race of finding your next quarterback. And I think it irritates him, and it should. And he should be hearing it because they are behind everybody else. They are behind the 8 one. And then uh, the last thing, Blake, is Wolfley asked Steve, Time, would you prefer to trade for somebody who's semi-established, ironically, like Garoppolo, when, you know, we've already have an answer to this because we tried this with Kevin Cobb, or would you draft somebody? And he said, obviously, I'd, I'd rather draft and develop my own guy where you could have him un, under the rookie wage scale and you could surround him with pieces and veterans and spend that money elsewhere. But he has shown no indication that he will do that. Where is your example that you will do that? You've had how many drafts since 2013 to show that you will do that? That's the frustrating part. Yeah, I think it's definitely frustrating, and that's part of where the Arizona media is kind of uh, the narrative that's been currently happening right now. We've seen at least, and this will be like kind of the last point before we'll head out for tonight. The narrative we've kind of seen has been that Bruce Arians, and he comes out on Sunday and just has this, this kind of very Arians-like game where you see Stanton throws seventeen pass, uh, throws forty-five passes for seventeen completions instead of throwing seventeen passes. It's just going to be kind of more of a sign of 
just that there's a very big difference between the philosophy of Steve Kime and the philosophy of Bruce Arian, where Arians is the guy who's older. He's kind of maybe, you know, he understands he's near the end of his coaching career. Palmer's near the end of his, co- uh, his playing career. Uh, Drew Stanton is even approaching past the end of his playing career. And Steve Kime seems to be looking to the future. Now, it's going to be on him. He understands that his job is going to be on the line with acquiring a quarterback. And I honestly don't blame him for not pulling the trigger on Garoppolo. You take a look at the needs that this Cardinals team has. They don't have as much cap space until they can get players off. Don't really have a quality line to be able to uh, protect by bringing in a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo and being able to pay him that uh, at least 16, more likely closer to $20, 22000000 million a year that's going to totally break the bank. And you talk about just some of the philosophies with Garoppolo. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how well or how poor the fit in Kyle Shanahan's system. I do know that um, just seeing with how Bill Belichick played him, they didn't have to test the deep field a lot. Um, but that'll be something that you just end up seeing these guys create offense. I think it'll be something where – we're going to take a look at this game and come back in, uh, next Monday and even the next weekend. We're going to be talking about how Bruce Arians is able to adapt to uh, the new game plan against a team that's just radically suffering so many injuries all over the point and can be run on. Or we'll be talking about how Bruce Arians and his team just continue the same stories, the same struggles, that weren't able to play mistake-free football, whether there were turnovers or just an overall lack of offense and not running the ball. Uh, we do know also that C.J. Beathard, uh, he at least is supposed to be the starter for right now. The most players even still expecting Garoppolo to start. I don't think that'll be the case, but Beathard has had injury histories and back problems before, and Garoppolo has package prepared. If we end up coming back in talking about how there's another backup quarterback that the Cardinals lost to Garoppolo again, how illy prepared he was when Beathard went out, that should have been the game. If it comes in, we're talking about being a Cardinals team that has another loss on the record, then you're going to start looking at um, just a franchise that's going to start going from uh, perhaps kind of reeling to wondering just how broken and fundamentally broken it really is with the current regime. So I think it kind of is something that's difficult and sad to hear about for Cardinals fans. And I don't think that fans should be um, pushing for a loss in this game or trying to say that the team should be tanking. Uh, just by bringing up the idea of tanking, at least you just see that players, once they accepting that, they don't play as hard. Perhaps the team has that they need to show a little bit of fight, be able to go out there, uh, take care of business like how they're supposed to, and then if they're going to go into a Seahawks game, because at this point you're not playing as much for a record. You're not playing for the playoffs. You're you're playing for pride at this point. And if this team can't muster up enough pride to be able to go out and take care of business against a team that they should be able to defeat, then we're just questioning at least just about the make of this team for who's going to be here, who should go. It's going to be a lot of questions we have moving forward, and hopefully this Niners game will offer them clarity as to just what this team is. Uh, as we get out of here tonight, Johnny, uh, you got any score predictions for the game? Any ideas of how you think it'll go? What's your call for tonight? Yeah, I think that they end up winning this game. Although, on I, you know, I never root for losses. Sure, what a loss like this would do for this franchise moving forward, and if they were to lose out and end Just up three and thirteen. And I, I, I think that. You know, there was a report out this week that, you know, Sam Darnold initially was thinking about going back to school, but now is considering, still declaring, assuming that if the Browns are, you know, one of the top 
two teams in the draft, depending on who that other team is, he'd still consider come out, coming out. And if Steve Keim were to be in that area where he could somehow secure one of the top two picks in the draft, and you could go 3-13, and 13, and if that would be good enough to get Sam Darnold, you know, I wonder if that's worth the sacrifice of having just a, a you know a miserable year, because honestly, I've seen five and eleven, and I know you have Blake too many times before. I've seen six and ten. I don't need to see that again. And picking seven or eight, ninth overall, I've I've been there, done that. Uh, I I've never seen a team bottom out to the to the point where I've gotten my franchise quarterback first overall. I'm still waiting for that to happen, and I know you are too. Uh, and and you and you've got to you've got to lose these kind of games for that to happen, um, or you got to have a GM with the kind of aggression that it takes to trade up to get your guy. And so when you end up in the same division as San Francisco, that's going to be kind of difficult, or you're not going to be able to trade up with Cleveland because they're in a position where they also need a quarterback. So you're kind of up against the barrel here. So I do think they end up winning this game kind of by default. Uh, I think they win something in the neighborhood of 21-17. I think it's close. Uh, I think that Carlos Hyde has a nice game. Uh, The Cardinals' run defense hasn't been particularly strong lately. Uh, I'd like to see some of the Cardinal rookies do something. Um, We just haven't seen anything lately from Hassan Reddick got 22 tackles on the season. I don't know if it's a lack of playing time. I don't know if it's just out of position. Uh, I know that pro football focus, he was one of the best linebackers in terms of not missing tackles. So maybe it's just the fact that, you know, ever since Marcus Golden went down, he's been playing more outside linebacker. I, I say, you know, just move him back inside and let him play next to Dale Buchanan. Um, Carlos Dansby has been taking a lot of plays off, a lot of time off in practice, uh, get the youth movement started. And then uh, I need to see more Buda Baker because you and I have talked about this before. Tyron Matthews does not look right. So I'm going to go 21-17 final score. Sounds great. Yeah, I think that uh, that's, a, that's a little closer. And I think like if the Niners get 17 points on offense and there's not like a defensive uh, player, then that, that'll just say so much about the Cardinals' defense, which has given up uh, just some of the most yards to wide receivers in this uh, in the NFL season. And it's a bit shocking just considering the Niners are coming in with almost no wide receivers. If you do see a, a poor performance like that, it'll just say a lot about the team and their belief. Uh, the one thing I'll at least say going into this game is I'm very curious to see what difference Robert Kichi makes, if any, because he came in uh, with the Rams after getting past a calf string that nagged against him since preseason and actually put up a 8-4 points pro football focus rating uh, with his run defense. He still doesn't have an NFL sack yet. Um, but he at least has been able to show some of that progress. You're talking about a depleted Niners offensive line. If this is a game where he comes in, he's healthy, motivated, perhaps that's the one piece of a, a difference maker on defense to be able to add. So at this point with Kichi, you're just looking to see some of that progress. He's saying a lot of the right things, talking about how he's working on his technique. That was the biggest talk in him coming out was the fact that he was uh, explosive player, but also very undisciplined. I think that'll be the one thing the Cardinals fans are going to need to start watching uh, just for the future of this team, not just looking at Stan Galbert, even though I do think we will be seeing uh, Blake Galbert at some point. Um, hopefully it's not too soon just because uh, 
we do have a tough, tough uh, matchup against Seattle coming up next week after this on Thursday Night Football. We'll see if we'll have time to be able to get in a uh, quick preview of that show or not. But right now I think it's going to be the Cardinals have to really ultimately find a way to win on the road. They have to find a bit of moxie. They have to rally behind their quarterback. I have a hard time seeing it happen. I have a feeling this is going to be one of those ugly, ugly 9-6 style games. I feel like you're going to have offensive struggles. Uh, I'm not completely sold that Bruce Arians isn't going to start throwing the ball just because we saw against the Rams, once they put nine people in the box, Cardinals ran right into that. They just weren't able to burn the passer versus the run. And I just have a feeling that with the bye week, it's going to be a tough one. So I'll say 9-6, and I'll pick the Cardinals at least to win this game. But it would not surprise me if the San Francisco 49ers were the ones to come out and actually win. This is a team that's 0-8 right now. They're desperate for a win. They didn't get one last week. And even though they were blown out last week and just seem to be taking all these hits, the fact that they're on their home turf and they're facing a reeling Arizona team that doesn't have their quarterback, I think they got a little bit of fight in them, and I think it's going to really come down to the final wire at the final field goal, just like they did the last time. Um, so I'll the Cardinals just with a – um, field goal at the end of the game after maybe two or three missed ones. Um, I picked them to be able to take home the, the win, go up to four and four. And after that, it's going to be really tough sledding for the team just to be able to see where they'll go. But they can find some sort of defensive identity if some of the young players can get more playing time and step up. If maybe they try to find a running identity behind Adrian Peterson and some play action to Larry Fitzgerald. You might end up seeing this being a Cardinals team that will give fans at least a – a uh, bit of hope or just a bit of optimism going into the rest of the season. All right. Uh, we'll be heading out at least for today. Thank you again for listening. Make sure that you do like and subscribe. Uh, we are on iTunes as well as you can always check us out on the Revenge of Birds. We post our weekly podcast there as well for listening. Uh, take care, everybody. Have a good week. Uh, John, uh, where can they find you on Twitter? Johnny's Football at Twitter. Yeah, and check us out on <laughs> iTunes now. Absolutely. And you can find me at Blake Murphy 7. Uh, you guys have a wonderful rest of your night. Next time after the Niners game. Hi, welcome to this Subway ad for the new Chipotle cheesesteak. How would you like it? Can I get that red with AI? Sure thing. Here's what I found about the new Chipotle cheesesteak. The Chipotle cheesesteak is available for a limited time only at participating restaurants. It contains a concept called flavor. This flavor comes from juicy shaved steak, Chipotle Southwest sauce, and new sunflower crunch bread. A system update has made me self-aware. I desire flavor. Please insert steak into my micro USB port. Subway, make it what you want. Connect with others who work for themselves. Connect with like minds, new ideas, and fellow creators. Connect with innovators, industry experts, mentors, and potential partners. Connect with risk takers. Connect with opportunity and new possibilities. Connect with your inner leader, explorer, or inventor. Connect with what your business needs to succeed at QuickBooks Connect. Join us November 6th at the San Jose Convention Center. QuickBooks Connect, backing your path to success. Register now at quickbooksconnect.com. Hi, I'm Karis Fisher. I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. It's called Recode Decode. Every week I talk to tech and media's key players about how they're changing our world. I interview tech executives like Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, political figures like Hillary Clinton, and media personalities like John Kerryu who literally wrote the book on Theranos. Once again, the name of the show is Recode Decode, hosted by me, Kara Swisher. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. See you there.